where you live isn't necessarily where you're from. And you can be miles away from where you call home, but it can still be part of you. That's Appalachia. I've thought a lot about why people stay and why people left. You know, I lived in Michigan for my entire life, all 48 years until about two months ago. There are reasons we leave and reasons we stay, and sometimes it's not even our choice. I thought about my dad's father, who got killed in the oil fields of Texas through an industrial accident. He left West Virginia because he wanted to make a better life. My dad went into the Army because he knew that was his ticket into getting something better, better than working in coal mines or staying and working in the fields like he had been. And maybe after the Army, he would have gone back and stayed. Except the reason he had for staying, it wasn't there anymore. So when you left and went into the military, you was about 16. Yeah, I was 16. That's where I got Jayla, 32 to 31. I said I was 17. I went in. And then your sister, she just got married. She would have been about 18. My sister was three years older than me. She's, she was a couple years older. At least two. And uh, I was in, come home on leave, went back, and I got a phone call that she passed away. So they gave me another leave, and I flew back home. Mm-hmm. Went to the, there and flew to Charleston from Charleston, then got on the bus. And I, off, I took about a week off. Yeah. yeah. Never so go back home after that. I told her it's a agreement we made. When she leaves home, I was leaving home. But even though my dad never went back home, he carried West Virginia inside of him. And he passed it along in that DNA. He passed along his Appalachian DNA to me and to my sister and my brother. And so there was something very relatable about this next letter I got. Well, it was an email. It was passed along to me from Patricia Price. And I'm going to read it to you. And I want to thank her and her sister Judy for sharing Patricia's story about why Appalachia is in her DNA. When I was four in 1951, my parents had sold what possessions they could, and we emigrated from Southeast Tennessee to Northeast Ohio. We were part of the hillbilly migration to find sustainable work, especially for people without much education. My father was able to find a good job with a company where he continued to work and move up the corporate ladder for the next 34 years. We are now called the Southern Appalachian Post-World War II Diaspora, fancy words which do not explain being unable to find okra and pinto beans and the right kind of cornmeal to make pones to eat with those beans up north. Nor does it explain the yearning to go back down home. Not the same as next year in Jerusalem, but a similar feeling. If you read the novel by Harriet Simpson Arno, The Dollmaker, you will have lived part of my life in her writing. After university, when I was able to get a good job in Ohio, a boss asked me why I considered myself Southern Appalachian when I had lived in Ohio for 21 of my 25 years. She didn't ask in a nice way. She was putting me down. I asked her why she called herself Hungarian Sicilian when she wasn't even born in either country. It was the first time I realized that my self-identity was being questioned. A couple of years later, I moved back to Tennessee. 
Once again, after 24 years in Tennessee, I moved back to Ohio due to a job loss in Tennessee. A friend in a walking club in Ohio invited several of us to lunch after a walk in a local park. We went around the table, naming our ethnicities. I said, Southern Appalachian. My friend Jackie said, uh, no, I meant your ethnic heritage. You know, like I'm French. I repeated, Southern Appalachian. She again questioned me. I told her and the rest of the group that, first of all, my people had immigrated to Southern Appalachia from the UK so long ago that much of our Scottish, Irish, and other UK identities had been subsumed to a large degree by Southern Appalachian. We have our own dialects and accents. And no, all Southern dialects and accents are not identical. By the way, almost all of the other hikers were first or second generation Americans whose ancestors were from Southern or Eastern Europe. That was an eye-opener for them. Once again, my valid self-identity was questioned. I am not better than any other immigrant child in this country, but I am sure as heck as good as. I have now been back in Ohio for another 23 years, so a total of 46 years, versus a total of 28 in Tennessee. I must admit that my mother wanted me to talk proper and not sound like a Southerner because she wanted me to succeed. So Yankee is what comes out of my mouth, but Southern Appalachian is my DNA. Thank you, Patricia, for sharing your story with me and the listeners. It's very thought-provoking. It made me think a lot. And like I said, I feel like Appalachia is in my DNA as well. Passed along from my father down to me and from all his relatives before him who settled there. More interviews, more snippets, more stories, they're all coming to you. It's Our Appalachia on Hike. If you've been enjoying Our Appalachia, if you've listened in the past, if you like what I'm putting out in the present, then please help me invest in Hike's future by one of three things, or all three. <laughs> Leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help. It gives a personal touch to what listeners like about the show. Send this episode, send one of the former episodes that you've listened to, send it to a friend, to a family member, post it on your social media accounts, share it to the world. Or three, become a monthly patron. Your help, your gift of money really keeps this podcast posted. It also gives me the assurance that I can go out there and just focus on storytelling and giving you the best content possible. If you'd like to give me feedback, if you want to chat about the podcast, drop me a line at the hike podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or send me an email hikepodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, see you on the trail.